The following is presented to you in a round sound. It was recorded with whatever was lying around. Lady, don't take no shit. Insist on respect the sister. Walk around like a woman. She won't speak less of something worse. Singing, don't play. The girl take herself so seriously. People stare curiously. She's got a natural way. Her hips sway furiously. Yeah, the luxuriously. Hey, this is Lady Don't Take No, your weekly roundup of all of the real and none of the fake. I'm your host, Alicia Garza. This show is pro-Black, pro-queer, proudly feminist, and pro-do-what-you-like. Every week, you're going to get the best of what goes on in my head, what we loving on, and what we hating on, what we might be, and what we ain't going to do. Politics? Pop culture, parents who leave their kids behind after the kid shoots up a school with a gun they bought him. Look, we cover it all. This podcast is based in Oakland, California, the center of the known universe, where we are dealing with Rona and reconstruction. It's a challenging time, a changing time, a time of transformation. It's all the things all the time nowadays, but we are going to help you understand the dynamics of this time every single week. So be sure to tune in, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We do it for the culture, so the pod is free 99, because we know that with a country in chaos, the least we could do is keep you from putting your money anywhere else than where it's needed. Wherever you took my head, baby, send it home. Send it on home. I really think I lost my head, because it's females on the Our guest this week is an award-winning researcher, progressive political commentator, and the founder and CEO of the 1954 Equity Project. She's an assistant professor at the John Hopkins University, and her current research examines the impact of the 2016 presidential election on Black and brown communities. She frequently provides commentary for CNN, MSNBC, and ABC, to name a few. Myself, I love to watch her every single week on Bravo TV's Real Housewives of Potomac. That's right. We have Dr. Wendy Osefo with us today. Welcome, Dr. Wendy. Hi. So excited to be here. I shouldn't be this excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this episode all week long. And so I just got to start off by saying... Look, I don't know what is happening in the world. I feel like we are in the endless pandemic. Like this shit is just not going to end. And Never. so I just want to like give up hope publicly. Correct. <laughs> I just want to give up hope publicly and say, okay, we're just in an endemic. That's just what it is. Going to be around for a while or maybe our whole lives. It's going to be like the flu. You know what I'm saying? It's just going to be here. So It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so I got to ask you. What has your pandemic life been like? And have you developed any unique habits, live and direct from Miss Rona or any of her cousins, to be honest? Uh, not any of her cousins. Child, <laughs> who? Delta and Omicron or Omarion? <laughs> Omarion. Um, <no. laughs> I mean, it is just so much. I thought we were making headway. I was looking for returning back to normalcy, whatever that means. Whatever that and means. And then he, he, here we are. But, you know, my pandemic life has been interesting because I have three little ones. I have eight-year-old, six-year-old, and a two-year-old. So oh, wow. it has evolved from being a homeschool teacher to now them going back into the classroom 
you know, to cooking every day. Let me tell you something. Cooking is the bane of my existence. I used to love it, but now since like we don't go out that much, you know what I mean? It's like every day I just want to just kick over my season rack because I can't do this anymore. So all that to say, my pandemic life has been up and down. Like I was excited when I thought it was just going to be two weeks. Then I started like moping when I found out we're going into year two. Do you know we're going into year okay. two of this? Listen, like, I, this can't, is, I can't. This is crazy. Can't. When we started, I, I was cradling my daughter in my arms. Now she's running up and down saying, no, mommy, you go. Okay. So that oh. just shows you the evolution <laughs> of this pandemic. And it's all because people will not wrap it up and back it up. But we're going to come back to that I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. Like, do, like, what are we doing here? But this is why my professor hat comes in. This is why I never assign group projects. That is some bullshit. I'm telling you from the lens of a professor, this is why I don't do group projects. Because mm-hmm. somebody is going to Somebody's going to fuck and, it up for everybody. And, and globally... Globally, we all fucking up. Like, do your part, dog. I'm doing mine. Like, carry your weight. Uh, Sorry, I'm just so irritated. Okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm right here with you. I'm like, I'm tired of seeing the same four walls. You feel me? I belong to the streets. Let me back in the streets. The streets, the streets, the streets need me. The streets are calling my name. I remember, you know, when this thing first started. People started being like, oh, my God, the world is about to end. So I need to learn how to plant a garden. I need to learn how to bake my own bread. (laughs) You know, like people were really taking it to a whole other level. I had my sister on the pod a couple of weeks ago. and She said, I started painting and sending my paintings to people. I was like, we are not well. (laughs) So I got to ask you. Are there any new skills that Miss Rona has given you? I mean, are you baking bread and planting gardens or doing your own nails? I mean, give us the scoop on I your pandemic that. skills. I, I, I did my own nails. I bought a gel, UV light. Oh, yes. I bought okay, everything. I started doing my own nails. But one thing that I actually am proud of that's interesting is I did something that I have put off for a while, which is I've always loved interior design and home essentials. Ooh. And I said, okay, well, this is the perfect time. So in the pandemic, I launched my Home Essential line, Only Home Essentials, and now my candles are available. So that has been one, if not the only bonus of the pandemic was it gave me time to focus because, you know, you know, our lives, you know what I mean? Like we're always going here and there, doing speaking engagements, doing this, doing that. So with the pandemic, everything was grounded. And so it just gave me time just to really work on me and say, okay, outside of all these other things I do, what do I want to do? Not what do I need to do? What do I want to do? And so the pandemic gave me time to do what I wanted to do and not what I needed to do. Oh, I love that so much. That makes me happy. And you know, (laughs) yeah, you really do get clear when you can't move the way you want to move, when everything's not available to you, you really do get clear about what's important and just diving into that. Because like I said, we don't know how much time we got left. That's true, because I swear if something comes after um, Omarion, I'm out. I'm not messing with y'all. We're not going to the end of the Greek alphabet. I'm not. You know, I was um, doing my prep for the show and I was like, you know what? This is so fascinating. You are a complete powerhouse. You're a professor. You're a political commentator. You're a policy advocate and expert. You done served in the damn White House. I mean, how did you decide 
to join the cast of this franchise? Like, did they just like, you know, like, did Valerie Jarrett call you and be like, listen, sis, I know you out here making policy, but what we really need you to do is be out here with Andy Cohen. Like what? what Right. We really need you out here showing your ass, your whole ass on the show. You know, I wish somebody would call me, but nobody called me because if you would call me, y'all probably talk me off the ledge. But the thing about it is I am such, and this is good and bad, I am such a YOLO person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like you only live once. I don't want to be 90 years old in my rocking chair saying, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? Now, granted, that YOLO mentality has led to a lot of bad decisions, but (laughs) it's also led to a lot of my greatest memories. So Mm -hmm. when this opportunity came on my lap, I said, you know, why not? Like, this is something that I could tell my kids that I did. I did this when I was younger. Look at your great-great-grandmother on TV. And so I took the opportunity. I said, why not? And also, I mean, if I'm being honest, because of my Nigerian upbringing, a lot of what I have done in my life and accomplished has not been centered around me, but has been centered around making the name of my family proud or has been centered around making my mom happy. Not to say that this doesn't make her happy because she completely told me go for it. But I think this was the first thing that I did void of how is this going to elevate, you know, the name of my family in the Nigerian community. So this was just a Wendy decision is probably the first and only selfish decision I have ever made in my life. But Ironically, everyone who I consider my board of advisors, my mom, my sister, my husband, all said yes. No one said no. So it just worked out. So YOLO. I love that. I love this. (laughs) Are you the first Nigerian-American to to serve in this franchise? Yeah, I'm the first Nigerian housewife in not only Potomac, but also the entire Housewives franchises in history. You know what? Get the jollof. Get the you jollof rice. <laughs> Get the jollof rice and the goat meat. We out here. We out we here. Out here. <laughs> we are out, out here. here. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of out here, because, you know, I am a, a Housewives fanatic. Are you really? I, I am. I, listen. I didn't know that. I am. I'm deep in Potomac. <laughs> I'm deep in Beverly Hills. And Ooh. I'm deep in Atlanta. Oh, you, you got the, the other ones. ones taste. I got to leave alone. You know, the I taste tried, jumped out. <laughs> you know, I think so. I mean, I've been trying to get into um, Salt Lake City, but it is so fucking out there for me. Like, I just, I can't. It's hard for me to just really Those dig in. Girls. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's there a lot. So this season of Housewives has been um, explosive. <laughs> Mm. And, and you have had some real choice words for these ladies who tried to Listen. come for your intelligence and your sense of purpose as a result of some beauty work that you had done. So talk to us a little bit because, you know, show goes on. We know it tapes before we see it. And so time time passes. So yeah. what's your relationship like with the ladies now? For me, I have moved on in the sense of I've said, you know, to, to steal the words of Nini, I've said what I've said. <laughs> and and once I've said what I've said, I have nothing else to say. So that's why when you all see me speaking, it's very passionate. I use colorful language because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to 
revisit this again. So if that means I'm going to lay your ass all the way out, I'm going to lay your ass all the way out because I'm not doing this with you again. So that's all you're going to get from me. You know, some people give a little, come back, sprinkle a little bit more. No, no, no. Like I said, what you're not going to do is play with my husband's name. So we let, Listen, let's start from there. Number First one. Step, number number one. one. Number one. Number two if you want to get popping, we could get pop. I had a series <laughs> of things I needed to say, and I got it all Listen, off my chest. So yes, for me, sure I have moved on from it. You know, people who understood what, what I was getting at understood it. Those who didn't, that's fine. And I've moved on. You know, at the end of the day, it didn't. What's, what's, what's so funny about it is I think sometimes in the Housewives universe, the hope is people throw stones or sometimes grenades mm. in the hopes that it blows something up or it has a multiplier effect. They did what they did and it didn't affect anything over here. And to me, that's the, be- that's, that's, that's the beauty of my reality is y'all can play with your families, but you try to play with mine and it didn't affect anything. So go back <laughs> to work, the drawing child. board. Didn't work. <laughs> Don't you tried it. You tried, you tried it, but it. we finished it, honey. <laughs> Listen, we got to tell these women that I'm used to going toe-to-toe with these white supremacists on uh, Fox News. This is nothing. This is light Listen. work. This Listen. is light work. <laughs> light work. Okay? <laughs> Ask Kaylee McEnany about me. This okay. is light work. <laughs> okay? Come on now. Don't kill me. Period. People listening may not know that being a real housewife is not actually your only lane. You have had, as I said earlier, a very successful career as an expert on policy related to foreign affairs, education, poverty, and other issues impacting Black communities, both here in America and then throughout the diaspora. So talk to me a little bit about what sparked your interest in public policy. You know, it's interesting because... My 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 upcoming book, Tears of My Mother, Upbringing of My Nigerian Legacy, comes out in May. And I, I touch upon that. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how growing up in a Nigerian household, the two things we often talk about is food and we talk about politics. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around politics. I grew up knowing about the impulsive political transitions in Nigeria. I grew up knowing about what a coup d'etat is. I grew up knowing what a military regime is. So I fell in love with it because that was the topic of conversation around me. And kudos to my uncles who were so well-versed in it. They weren't just giving barbershop commentary. They were well-versed because my grandfather was one of the first police officers to be a police officer in Nigeria. And he ended up fighting in the Nigerian Civil War. So they were speaking from a place of, this is what we experienced. You know, this is what happened with dad. And so I was always very passionate about politics. And so I came to a crossroads where I said, if I'm going to pursue this further, I want to first learn about Nigerian politics, not just from conversations around the dinner table, but to get a master's degree in it. That's and that right. was the impetus for me to get my master's degree at Hopkins. 
And once I felt like I, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, mastered the Nigerian aspect, you know, that whole notion of take care of your own house before you try to take care of someone else's. Once I mastered that, I was like, now I'm really passionate about what's going on in our cities in America. Uh I went to school in Baltimore. I went to undergrad in Philadelphia, North Philly, to be exact. You know, Come on, represent. Um, Hello, um, Broad (laughs) Street. So I wanted to know why these communities look similar, but no one was doing anything. Like, we always want to talk about it. We always want to use it as a backdrop. We always want to point to the Phillies, the Chicago's, the Detroit's of the world. But no one is trying to, I don't want to say fix it, but no one is trying to see what the people in those communities need and want. And that was the impetus for me to say, okay, Nigeria, you know, I hail you, salute to you. I've studied you, but now I want to switch over to the communities that are passionate to me here. And I, I haven't turned my back since. I, I think it's so important. And, and if I could be really candid, you know, especially when you're in academia and you're in these ivory towers, I really get sick of the people who are studying these communities not looking like the people who inhabit these communities. Mm-hmm. Something about it, maybe it's just my African background, something about it just gives me white savior. Mm. And I don't like it, you know, because I know what that white savior, air quotes, mentality did for Nigeria. Next thing you know, y'all are here colonizing us, killing us, raping. You know, I I, I know what that is. And so I, I'm not saying that their intentions are bad, but I I need people that look like me in this room talking about people who look like me in this community. Facts. And that was just something. Yeah. And, and that was just something that bothered me. Even now at Hopkins... You know, I I teach in the urban education department. That's one of my specializations. And I look around and I'm like, why am I, you know, Mm -hmm. you you know, I I, I know they all have good intentions. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to study it like as if there's some rare species, you know, like, no, these are people. And I just don't think that that humanistic quality exists in academia. They study it like they're studying, you know, a, a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, like they're this mm. weird species. And in academia, that bothers me. And I feel like that's something that only someone in academia may say, because we know the behind the scenes working, you know, like how it's like mm-hmm. a scientific experiment. No, these aren't scientific experiments. These are my brothers and sisters. So I need you to handle them accordingly. And quite frankly, I don't think you are. So that's just that's just where I stand on it. That's a fact. Well, I love that. And, you know, it made me think, Dr. Wendy, in the news this last couple of weeks, we heard that Dr. Oz might be running for office, Mm -hmm. might be running for a Senate seat, I believe, in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. as a Republican. You know, we had a president who was a uh, (laughs) B-list, a B-list celebrity with no ideas of his own to move. Right. I'm not against celebrities running for office, but I'd like them to have some intelligence and a vision. Mm-hmm. So are you thinking about running for office? Anytime? <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what's so funny? Never say never. But I do think that there's so many dope people who can be in positions of power and maybe my job is not to be the face. Maybe my job is to help, 
you know, elevate their platform or use my platform to, you know, let the world know about them. So I, I, I'm not here for the fame or the name recognition, but I want whoever is best to be in that position. So I will never say never for myself, but I also know that there's some really dope people out here who are doing the work and who need to be elevated. Mm. And so Anybody that would be my first. Man. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you, sis, like, what's up? Like, what's going on? Mm, like, you've listen. been doing the work in so many amazing ways. And it's like, what's next? Like, listen, to all your listeners, you heard it here first. <laughs> When they see you on season seven of Housewives and me, you're planning some dope event. Just know I put it out here first because I think like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's that I, I need the world to see that. I need the, forget me. There's people out here who are like, man, that I learn from. People that I look up to, you being one of them. Like people who just have that knowledge base, who have that that passion, who who really care for our people and for their comrades. And I just think that that's who needs to be elevated. Mm, not, mm. not 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 me. Keep me in the background. I'll curse people out for you. That's what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the way my mouth is set up, I don't know if you want me in office style, but I'm like you. No, we'll I like to, you. I like we'll to be the wind you. beneath your wings. <laughs> I hear that. So here we are. We're coming up on the end of the year, and I can't even believe I'm saying that. I I don't. I can't believe it. I feel like what happened. 2021 felt like the vortex for me. You know, like everything after January 6th, I just would like scratch my head and be like, I'm just not understanding what. Yeah, like these motherfuckers was smearing shit in the U.S. Capitol. I just, I yeah, I. Yeah. Nothing tops that, really. Nothing. <laughs> so as we Nothing. wind up this very bizarre year, I'm wondering <laughs> if there's one lesson that you learned this year that was like mind-blowing for you. One big lesson. Well, oh man, that's so good. Well, I'll say this, and I think is is situated because of me doing TV and doing a reality show. I, I would say my big lesson is Know who you are, because if you don't, you will have millions of people telling you who you are. Mm. So know who you are and be comfortable in who you are. And once you know that, you're, you're in a sense, almost shielded from people's opinions. Mm. And I think that that's really important. And whether you are a public figure or whether you're just even on Twitter putting out your thoughts, I would also say... You know, you can tell your story and it's fine to tell your story. It's fine for you to, you know, convey how you feel. But what you don't have control over is how people digest you. That's right. That's right. Just just know that and be okay with it. Don't don't think, oh, if I say this, then no, 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 no. Every everyone's digestive system is different. Mm-hmm. And just know people will digest you differently, but be okay with that. Mm. I love that. One more question of a sneak in here is um, when 2020 started, I thought I was going to have a completely different year. And I actually remember on my birthday, sitting in my backyard with some girlfriends and, you know, sipping on some tequila. We had a fire Mm. going and I was imagining what I thought the year was going to be. 
It was none of those things. Mm. And then full circle to my following birthday, I was like, wow, like I had to change my mind about so many things that I was certain of. Absolutely Mm. certain. Is there anything this year that you have changed your mind about? Something that you were like, this is just the way it is that you ended up being like, actually, that's not the way it is. And I'm okay with that. Jeez, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to push the envelope with this. Come on, do it. I would say prayer. Mm-hmm. Say more. And I don't, and, and God forgive me, you know, uh, ironically, but I think I grew up or thought what you pray for is what you get. Mm. And this year has shown me that there's a difference between prayer and having faith. And sometimes we conflate those two things. You, you, you have faith and faith is everlasting and it sustains you. Your faith sustains you. But what you say to God is just that. It's just your conversation with Him. That doesn't mean that Him or her that doesn't mean that it will be answered. It's a conversation. But whether it's answered or not should never impact your faith. Mm, I love that. <laughs> so I that's that's, that. that's that's where I'm at because before I thought they were one and the same. But mm. it's not. It's two different things. And just like that, it's time for our weekly roundup of all the things (laughs) Lady just ain't going to do this week. Number one, be the Grinch and not pass legislation for voting rights or infrastructure before the holidays. So what the fuck are we doing here, people? I mean, how is it that we're just about a year into this administration And we've gotten basically two small stimulus checks after almost two years in a pandemic where basically the global economy was rocked. It was fucked up. Now, look, everything ain't up to the president and vice president, but they do have a lot of power. And I want to make sure y'all understand the power of persuasion that they have. Now, you better believe they can make it real hard for people who don't toe the line. So what the fuck are we doing? You heard it here first. Lady predicts that if we go into the midterms with nothing, we've been to come out of the midterms with nothing. And when I say that, I mean Dems finna lose up and down the ticket. And you know what that means? It's basic math. It means you ain't getting shit for at least another two years, but you may need to chalk it up to six. So make those calls, people. To take action, visit our Electoral Action Center at blackfutureslab.org. Other things Lady Just Ain't Gonna Do this week is leave your child to fend for theyself after they had shot up a school with a gun you bought them that they ain't had no business having in the first place. Now, last week, a 15-year-old high school sophomore shot and killed four students and injured eight others, seven other students and a teacher. This was the 222nd school shooting of this year alone, making 2021 the deadliest year on record. There were 100 more school shootings in 2021 than in 2019 or 2018, which prior to this year was the second and third deadliest years on record. 
School shootings are devastating, but this by far is one of the worst stories to unfold that I've heard probably in my lifetime. Now, as the autopsy of how this happened in the first place came out, we learned that there were several tragic events that led to this one. First, the school reported at least twice in the days prior to the shooting, including the morning of the shooting, that the student shooter was displaying very troubling behavior. He was searching for ammunition on his cell phone and a teacher caught it. He did a drawing of a person who was shot and bleeding with the words blood everywhere. The thoughts won't stop. Help me. My life is useless and the world is dead. Now, the parents were called into a meeting with the school and a counselor and their son that morning, who had by that time scratched out the drawings of the gun and the bloody figure along with the words. Now, the parents refused to take their son out of the school after having this meeting with the counselor and the school district. And yet he was allowed to go back to the classroom. Now, later that day, he opened fire outside of a bathroom. And when he was apprehended, he still had more than 18 rounds of ammunition left over. Now, this is heartbreaking. But then get what happens next. Their son was charged as an adult with terrorism, murder, and other counts and appeared in court with a court-appointed lawyer, usually reserved for those who cannot afford legal representation. On Friday, the district attorney announces that she is going to charge the parents for not securing the gun and for allowing the 15-year-old free access to it. Now, we learned that the parents bought him the gun just a few days earlier and gave the weapon to the son as an early Christmas present. Now, shortly after announcing the charges, we then learn that the parents don't come up missing. For hours, police and the U.S. Marshals and the FBI and all these other people searched for these people. And they were found in a warehouse hiding. They was trying to get the fuck out the country. Now, they appeared in court to enter not guilty pleas with lawyers that they hired for themselves. Now, there's so much that hurts me about this. I'm not even sure where to start, but there's something about these parents not parenting this child that really hurts my heart. I mean, you get told on more than one occasion that your child is struggling with some serious emotional issues and you fucking do nothing? Now that child was arraigned alone. Where were the parents? On the run trying to escape accountability for what happens when your ideology has real impacts on people. The selfishness of leaving your child to deal with the consequences while you try and escape them and then provide for yourself, but not the child? I mean, I just fucking can't. This child is gonna spend the rest or the majority of his life in prison. He's being tried as an adult. The parents will probably spend a few years in jail and we're still gonna have a fucked up system where the child doesn't get help, where the parents don't get help, where the students he killed are still dead and school shootings continue. This was avoidable in so many ways. And in the devastation that's been left behind, we should be demanding more safeguards. Why did a 15-year-old get access to a gun? Why? Other things that Lady just ain't going to do this week is Jesse Smollett being convicted of faking a hate crime against himself. All right, y'all, look. Lady debated, really debated, as to whether or not to even bring this on the pod, but I guess we're doing a theme here where this week, we're talking about what happens when there's no help to address what's going on underneath. Now, this week, Jesse Smollett was convicted of filing a false police report 
about an alleged hate crime committed against himself. Now, look, I don't think we even have time on this podcast to get into all the intricacies of this case, but suffice it to say, it don't add up and neither do the responses to this case. Now, I hate to say this, y'all, but our brother, and he is our brother, he is not a political prisoner. He's not a political prisoner getting hemmed up by racist, corrupt police. I mean, he might be a political prisoner in the sense that he's getting hemmed up by the impacts of capitalism and how we respond to the alienation of an economic system that leaves our society vapid. But it's still a stretch. Lady will, however, say this. This case never should have gotten to this point on either side. We've still not heard the full story from Jesse, and maybe we never will. And I'm not going to lose one wink of sleep over learning what the truth is in this story. It don't make sense to me, but it doesn't need to. What I see is something going on underneath that needs healing and needs attention. That's my only concern. And never, ever should we have used resources or this system to address that part. Prosecuting Jesse ain't going to help get him the help he needs. Hopefully he doesn't spend a second in jail and instead gets offered some options that can get to the root of why we even got here in the first place. Let's move on to things that Lady loves this week. Here's what we want more of, okay? Number one, boosters for everyone. Now, word out on the street is that the CDC has approved booster shots for 16 and 17-year-olds. Let's go, folks. It's also flu season, and people are nasty out here in these streets. So go get vaxxed, save a life, especially your own. Other things Lady loves this week is that W. Kamau Bell does a documentary on Bill Cosby being guilty as fuck, and it got accepted at Sundance. (laughs) I love this so, so much. W. Kamau Bell, a guest of ours on this illustrious show, and my friend, has just had a documentary accepted at Sundance Film Festival about the not-so-illustrious serial rapist Bill Cosby. Now, the project is called We Need to Talk About Cosby. And you know what? Yes, the fuck we do. Now, what I appreciate so much about this approach is that we're not just inquiring about if, okay? More than 60 women told their stories, so it's not if he did it. It's that he did do it, and too many fucking people protected him and threw these women away, and that's what we need to motherfucking talk about. Now, why are we complicit when someone plays a hero on TV, but in real life he's literally awful and committing acts of violence over and over again with no remorse whatsoever? Let me take my hat off and salute Kamau. Thank you, brother, because we need to have these conversations. They are long overdue. Good luck to your film, my friend. Other things Lady Loves this week is Starbucks in Buffalo, New York, will be the first one in the world, honey, to unionize. Now, this is the first ever union of its kind for the global chain retailer. Workers voted 19 to 8 to unionize at the Elmwood location in Buffalo, New York. There are two more stores in the area that are voting as to whether or not to unionize, and we're still waiting to see the results. One supposedly rejected it, but now we want to recount, and the other ones we don't know. But needless to say, this is huge for the labor movement, and it's huge for workers. It is deeply unfortunate that the Starbucks opposed the union, saying something about how they work best when they can work directly with employees. But that's just corporation speak for, we would like to continue to pay you what we want to pay you, regardless of whether or not that's actually good for you or fair or whatever. Now, the workers voted to unionize so they could have more say over their pay and staffing. 
as they grappled with what they say is faulty equipment and staffing shortages. Lady thinks that this will continue to be a trend across the nation, as staffing shortages abound because people just aren't fucking willing anymore, because it feels like the end of the world to just take whatever somebody is willing to give you. And Lady, for one, is all the way here for it. Shout out to the unions. <laughs> Other things that Lady loves this week is legal residents without U.S. citizenship get the right to vote in municipal elections in New York City. Now, this is really exciting and amazing. The New York City City Council easily passed a proposal this week for legal permanent residents without U.S. citizenship to vote in municipal elections, effectively enfranchising nearly one million people in New York who pay taxes but have no legal say over who represents them. Until now. Now, we love to see it, honey. The whole foundation of this country was based on a rebellion with the message, no taxation without representation. So way to go, New York City, for taking the message of the original colonizers and putting it to good use, honey. <laughs> and boo, boo, boo to current New York City Mayor de Blasio for being too chicken shit to support it. At least you didn't veto it, child. But you could have done more. You ain't running again. Anyways. Moving on, next thing Lady Loves this week is that Sex in the City reboot is here, but it's getting mixed reviews. Well, y'all know how much I love, 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 love me some Sex in the City. And much ado has been made of a reboot of my most favorite show, and the reviews thus far are... Nyeh. Now, I can be a lover of the franchise and be honest about it, too. I don't need it to be anything but what it is, which is a pretty mess with a lot of trash. Now, they had, like, one. No, 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 seriously, like, one. It was Blair Underwood, and he played a sports doctor who was Miranda's boyfriend for a hot minute, and she couldn't tell him she loved him because she was still in love with Steve. But look, I digress. I'm telling you, I'm a fan. They had like one black character in six whole long-ass seasons. The way they portrayed trans and gay people was trash as fuck. And these ladies had no real problem to speak of. But I loved it. And I still love it. And I'm finna watch the shit this weekend. I am. I am. You too can watch it on HBO Max. So tune in and tell all the people to tune in. And then for all the real fans, let's have a kiki about it. <laughs> tell the people how they can find you on the socials. On the socials, honey, you can find me on all social media platforms at Wendy Osefo. Hey. hey. Dr. Wendy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So that's it for Lady Don't Take No, but I'll be back here every single Friday morning to accompany you where there's a damn good chance that you are commuting again. We appreciate you joining us. And please, let's keep the conversation going. Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you like. And tell us what you ain't going to take no more of. On Twitter, we're at Lady Take. On Insta, we're at Lady Don't Take No Pod. We're also on Facebook or Meta or what the fuck ever it is at Lady Don't Take No Podcast by Alicia Garza. We post ways to do something about things you hear on this show all over our socials. So if we got you amped up today, check out the socials to find out how you can take action. And let's give a special shout out to Jahari Farrar, our social media maven, for making sure the people get what they need from our socials. We appreciate you. Please subscribe and write us a review and let the people know what you heard here today. Our producer is Phil Circus. 
Our incredible theme is by Latirix. And this pod is supported by the Black Futures Lab. And me? I'm your host, Alicia Garza, darling. Now remember, pass some real shit for real people before you get the pass, okay? (laughs) That child who shot up his school was troubled and he definitely wasn't living in a home where they gave a fuck about him. You don't use the court system to get to the root of the problems folks are dealing with. And even though he ain't no damn political prisoner, Jesse Smollett is not an exception to that rule. And... Shout out to the immigrants and the workers who are organizing and winning on the local level, showing the feds just how this shit should be done, honey. That's right. I said it. Because lady don't take no. Lady don't take no shit. don't respect the sister. Walk around like a woman. She won't speak less of something worse. Singing don't play. The girl take herself so seriously. People stare curious. Got a natural way. Her hips sway furiously. Love y'all. Luxurious. Carries herself.